Man, there was a time when this day in February was the day when it came to recruiting, when it came to National Signing Day. Everybody was amped up. Our next guest, Mike Schaefer, which I, I'm not even sure if he is a big coffee drinker. They would be about five deep by 8.37 on this Wednesday as we welcome in Mike Schaefer on the 42-degree hotline with Husker 24-7 Sports. Schaefer, I, I, did, you, did you have like, like rituals or any type of like routine when when in february when this was such a a major day when it came to recruiting and the the entire class being finalized yeah i mean real quickly i am not a coffee drinker i don't believe in performance enhancing drugs <laughs> i supply oh i'm all goosed up on it my, yeah no i i get it uh i supply my own energy and okay, one of those people that you know don't talk to them before they've had their first cup of coffee oh. i've never understood that whole thing but uh <laughs> nevertheless uh, no, I didn't really have any, any real rituals. I mean, it's, it's so wild to, to kind of explain just like how different this is now. Um, than, you know, the last one would have been in 2017. Like I used to be up at five in the morning for the February signing day. Like we would have these big, long profile things that we would do on every kid that would sign. Mm-hmm. Like it was just an entirely different day. And we don't even do that now with the December one because things are just so different. And the class, by and large, in in a lot of ways, has been done for months. Right. Like you think about it now, these guys are signing. Uh, well, not necessarily today, but in December they're signing, and a lot of them, you know, Nebraska had twenty plus commitments uh, by August, I think. So um, it's just a different. It's a, just a totally different way about it. But <clears throat> you know, it uh, as I described on our podcast the other day. It feels like it's that third family Christmas that happens three weeks after Christmas. You know, everybody gets together. There might be a tree. Yeah. It feels like it's supposed to be a thing, but, you know, it's just, it definitely also just feels like it's not really the thing at all. I like that comparison. That is that is very good. Um, okay, so I know, and, and he'll be on the 24-7 Sports uh, YouTube channel, uh, Keona Wilhite will officially make his decision between Nebraska and UCLA. would have to Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, Michigan State. You would be surprised if it wasn't Nebraska, right? Yeah, it's, it's Nebraska, UCLA, and Michigan State. Um, I would say, you know, a week ago at this time, it certainly was going to be UCLA, and then everything with Chip Kelly popped up. And this is a guy that got his release from um, Washington after Kalen DeBoer left. Mm-hmm. So he's clearly not interested in going somewhere where they're going to have to go through a coaching change yet again. And so I, I would say that almost takes UCLA out entirely. And between Nebraska and Michigan State, I think Nebraska has probably done a little bit better job of emphasizing how much they want him. And, um, you know, I think Tony White's done a really nice job in this recruitment. So I, I really like where Nebraska stands, you know, heading into this afternoon. It'll be the 2.30 to 2.45 window, kind of an announcement there on the uh, 24-7 Sports Signing Day show. And, ironically, we have the press conference that was scheduled for 11 a.m. with Mad Rule will be moved to 3 o'clock today, too. So Yeah, yeah. I I mean, that's just one of those things. It's a total coincidence. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I mean, hey, sometimes things creep up on on someone's schedule and you just got to accommodate that. I I understand that. Uh, I don't know if the two are related. Yeah, for people that aren't aware, the reason this is isn't necessarily that it's going to be Nebraska, but if it is, they can't talk about it until it's official. So regardless of what the decision is, uh, you know they they wouldn't want to they wouldn't want to announce their class and then have this announcement come later. Like that, yeah. it just wouldn't work uh, as well. So 
Uh, that's that's why there's the change. If anybody was actually curious, we could go ahead and say it's a Matt Rule flex. He's very confident. <laughs> he's flexing. Like, yeah, well, we got to be able to talk about him, and unfortunately, he's not going to make his decision until later this afternoon. So we're going to go ahead and uh, we're going to comment. Yeah, on that. yeah. Well, not like nothing that. wrong with that. No, uh, Kamir Prescott. This was another one that he was a decommit from Wisconsin back in December, and now it looks like there is uh, a lot of momentum towards Nebraska, so maybe not only adding one in Keon Wilhite, but Kamir Prescott as well. Yeah, I mean, he is... Uh, I'm not sure what time he is set to announce today. I don't know. I just know that the announcement is coming uh, at some point today. Um, Kamir Prescott was committed to Wisconsin up until right before that early signing period. Uh, things weren't going to work out there. Nebraska had had him... Uh, had had an official visit from him for the spring game. And they have all sorts of connections into Philadelphia. If, if people um, remember last year, they brought in Ramirez Stewart. Mm-hmm. Uh, they brought in several guys from Pennsylvania. Uh, Elijah Judy, the defensive lineman that we always forget about, um, he's from, from uh, Philadelphia as well. So they, as a staff, have several connections into that city. And so if there's a top player that is looking for a place to land, they're, you know, regardless of position, Nebraska is going to be interested. Yeah. Uh, if they're coming from Philadelphia, because they can vet that probably better than almost any area in the country that isn't Texas or Nebraska at this point. Uh, last night, we also got the uh, the word that uh, a 2025 commit and C.J. Simon did decommit. Uh, was this something that was unexpected, a big surprise? I, I know this class is just now starting to come together, so I don't know how big of a hit this is for the 2025 class. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know all the inside details of it. I haven't personally hit CJ up. I sometimes just, especially with the, the signing day being today, it, yeah. you know, didn't feel like it was the most pressing thing. Um, but it it strikes me as if you draw a timeline comparison here, Nebraska takes the CJ Simon commit in early December. You know, a couple of weeks later, they end up with, with Dylan Riola, and that sort of changes the calculus of what you think you could do at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. I don't know for sure that this is what happened, but certainly, you know, Nebraska is going to have a lot of interest at, at the wide receiver position, and they might want to make sure that they're flexible in those spots. I, again, I don't know that that's what happened. I thought TJ Simon was a really interesting ad. I watched him at a camp down in Kansas City in April, and he torched pretty much everybody that had to cover him all day long. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's the, the, the most difficult part here is that he's not big. I mean, right. he's going to be five foot ten, five eleven. Um, you know, he's, he's probably more quick than fast, but no one could stay in front of him. So I thought he was a really kind of interesting addition, but you know, I, I think in the big 10, you have to be pretty judicious if you're not going to take someone that's a larger individual. It is a big conference for a reason. I think there's, you know, it, it closely, just like the SEC mirrors a lot of what you're going to see from a physical standpoint in the NFL. Uh, and so if you're going to take someone who's undersized, they probably have to have elite traits, and mm-hmm. I don't know that C.J. Simon was coming in with that, but I, I really wouldn't be surprised if he ends up at like a Kansas or a Kansas State or an Oklahoma State and just tears it up in the Big 12. Uh-huh. It would not shock me at all. Talking to Mike Schaefer, Husker 24-7 Sports here on 1620 The Zone. It is uh, the February National Signing Day, the, uh, the late signing period for the 2024 class. So as we – you know, let, let's – you can factor in Keona Wilhite, you can factor in Camille uh, Prescott if you want to, but if you just want to kind of sum up this class, when you think about where this coaching staff was able to 
really deliver here? And I, I know everyone's going to say Dylan Raiola, and I think that goes without saying. But when you you sort of look at the takeaway, because I always feel, Shafe, every class kind of has its its own identity as far as the the expectation or the, the big takeaways. How do you kind of look at this class as far as what Nebraska needs, not only here in the immediate future, but for years to come? Yeah, I mean, I look at this class at, at largely three positions, and, and that's ignoring the, the Dylan Riola thing, yeah. which is its own sort of conversation. Um, but to me, you start with the offensive line, and you've got Grant Bricks, you have Preston Talmua, you have Jake Peters, you have Landon Davidson, um, you have uh, Xander Ruggeroli and uh, Gibson Pyle. And they just they, they went out and they got guys that I think are going to be competing for starting jobs by the time they're registered freshmen. Mm-hmm. And that's effectively what they did with the defensive line last year. I mean, they, they went out and they got a really good defensive line class. And some of those guys flashed early. And some of those guys like Sue Lapotu and Riley Van Poppel are going to pop up this year. And I think Nebraska is going to be really good up front on the defensive side. I think that's what they're angling for on the offensive line. I think that's why this was such a big class for them. Bricks and Talmua uh, are four-star guys, but don't get lost on somebody like Xander Ruggeroli. I know there wasn't a ton of fanfare when he signed, but I think that's someone, you know, he's my class sleeper in the, uh, the, the Super 6 that'll come out on Thursday morning. That's a guy that I wouldn't be shocked at all, you know, when Teddy Prohaska moves on. Is Xander Ruggeroli isn't right there in the mix to potentially be Nebraska's next left tackle. So he's someone that uh, I, I really like in this class. And then yeah, both wide receiver and defensive back they added a ton of players. Yeah. I mean, they, they got high-end guys, obviously, in the transfer portal. Um, they got guys like uh, Ja'Cory Barney that I, I have him as my number two player on my Super 6. I think Ja'Cory Barney is going to play as a freshman. I think they're going to find ways to utilize him. He was an outstanding athlete in Miami that had to play a little bit of everything. Um, and then they, they went out and uh, they got a lot of defensive backs. I mean, right here locally, Donovan Jones, Caleb Benning are two guys that can help early in their careers, both on special teams and then in the defense. Mario Buford, uh, you have Evan Taylor, who's going to be working back from injury. You have Amari Sanders, another defensive back as well. Uh, they, so they, you know, Camille Prescott potentially could be joining that group. So they've, they've done a nice job really sort of focusing on those three areas. And then if you needed a fourth tight end, I mean, anytime you add Carter Nelson yeah. and then you combine it with Eric Ingerson and Ian Flint, two guys that could be really strong inline blockers, two guys that could develop into being offensive linemen, uh, it's a, that's a haul too. So those four positions, they really did a nice job at. The, the Dylan Ryla part of this, too, and, and this is – I don't know what we can say that hasn't already been said or discussed about Dylan Ryla, but I, I do want to kind of reiterate his his presence in this year in, in being matched with Glenn Thomas because it's not been just the recruiting part here in the offseason. Uh, it's also been who they kind of identified to upgrade that position when it comes to development because, you know, Dylan Ryla is going to only be here for a handful of years, and so it's the next wave of quarterbacks – but when you think about how important this year is with Dylan, but also with Glenn Thomas, is that is that now kind of the big part of the story when it does come to Dylan is those two matching up, those two pairing, and, and what that looks like from day one? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think that's going to be uh, part of the conversation. It'll be really interesting um, how it all looks because obviously, you know, we haven't seen either piece right. ever at Nebraska. So right. it's, you don't have any baseline to really go off of. And 
even your most ardent Nebraska fan and Matt Rule supporter probably would struggle to tell you what Glenn Thomas did for Baylor uh, in 2019 necessarily. Uh, so it, it's one of those things where we're, we're going to be going into it where they're both going to be working with each other and doing it at the same time where we have no baseline to judge off of it. And so it's, it's going to be really kind of, you know, if, if Dylan Raiola is successful, Glenn Thomas is going to get that success. If mm-hmm. he's not, Glenn Thomas is going to get that blame. And I think he knows that. I mean, he's a veteran coach, and he's, he's been in all sorts of situations uh, throughout his career, and now he has an opportunity to um, help, you know, steward the development of a guy that's expected to be a first-round NFL pick yeah. when this is all said and done. I mean, that's, that's honestly where, where it's at. And so it's a big job, and it'll be – It'll be interesting how they come together. It'll be interesting how when we first get to talk to Dylan as a member of Nebraska, how he kind of characterizes that relationship and how much time those two spend together. And it, It's going to be a really important thing, uh, but it's going to be really hard to judge from the outside because we have no baseline with two new additions that are expected to play a huge role for this upcoming season. I, I do, and, and this is a good place to end when it comes to the quarterback position too, in this discussion about Dylan Riala. Look, we, we know Danny Kalen, he, he stuck with Nebraska. We'll see how that development comes along too. You've watched him in high school. You know what he can do on his best days, and you know what he needs around him to, to continue to develop as far as a supporting cast. Ultimately, if you were to kind of forecast out Danny Kalen and the opportunity that he has in Nebraska, where would you kind of start that conversation? Well, I would I would start it like this. This is a guy that got an offer when he was at the end of his you know freshman year uh, in the spring. He got offered by Florida State and Nebraska, and I watched him as a sophomore, and I thought, okay, I don't I don't see it. You know what what am I missing here? Mm-hmm. And then he made a pretty sizable jump going into his junior year. He was really good in 2022, um, like really good, and so I. I definitely think this is someone that's going to need some years to develop to get into the flow of things. But here's the thing. No one's going to outwork Daniel Kalen. No one's going to have to be like, man, you got to get to the weight room. You got to get to the film room. You got to do this. You got to do that. He spent, you know, we, we talk about how Dylan Raiola was groomed to be in this spot. Daniel Kalen wasn't necessarily in that same route. Mm-hmm. He basically just, kicked the door down and announced itself by going out and doing every camp and every workout and, you know, sacrificing stuff that those of us that enjoyed our high school experience got to do every Friday and Saturday and had weekends and hung out with friends. And he, he bypassed on a lot of that to, to work on this craft. And I think when he gets to Nebraska and he's there now, I think at Nebraska, he's going to have an opportunity to really be able to singularly focus, continue his development. He'll have time. And I think when his name is called, he'll be ready. And that's, I mean, that's the best thing you can say about somebody in this kind of situation. I I just, I respect so much about Daniel Kalen and how he's handled his business. Uh, I'm really excited to see how it goes for him. Uh, Shafe, I did think of you and myself in our, our painful struggle to see the Cleveland baseball organization spend money like other people but uh, does the Bobby Witt Jr. signing with the Kansas City Royals give you hope that even some of the most modest spending organizations can still throw one at you every now and then I mean Cleveland signed uh, they they signed Jose Ramirez to a big extension yeah, I guess there just, was that, yeah. he forced it to happen yeah because the Dolans weren't going to make it happen no as long as the Dolans own the team uh, they're going to be cheap 
they're going to be pathetic, uh, and they're going to just bank on the <laughs> the class system of Major League Baseball to bail them out with revenue yep. sharing instead yep. of spending their own money. So I don't have a lot of uh, I don't have a lot of belief that they're going to reach extensions with their best young players. I don't have a lot of excitement for this upcoming season. I don't either. Um, so you know, it's a uh, not a great time to yeah. be a Guardians fan. And usually, you know how this works. Usually, when you're the lowest on them. That's somehow when they pull the rabbit out of the hat. Yeah. I wasn't excited for, for 2022, and they yeah. made a playoff run. I was excited for 2023, and they turtled. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. Yep, I'm, I'm right there with you. Shafe, uh, I know you guys will be uh, up to date on everything as it uh, happens. Uh, we know Keona Wilhite will be uh, announcing later on this afternoon, right before Matt Rule speaks at 3 o'clock today. So, uh, great coverage as always. Appreciate you coming on. And, hey, hopefully a little bit of break in the action, too. As you guys are, you and your wife are uh, embarking on a very exciting time as the well. Real so ho- hopefully, day. you get some, 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 yeah, the real signing day, the real commitment. Hopefully, you guys uh, have some time off to enjoy that here too. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I appreciate it. I won't be uh, able to join you guys um, probably for a few months. We'll put it that that's way. A, so, that's understandable. Uh, now, when I return, I'm sure I'll be even more insane than I already am. So that'll be fun. You That's might just take cool. up drinking coffee, yeah, soon my to friend. Be coffee aficionado, my I highly doubt. It. Okay, highly, highly doubt. It. Never but say we'll never. See. Anything's possible. I don't know what life is like when you're a dad. I'm about to find out. <laughs> yes, you are. All the best, my man, uh, and uh, give your best to your wife as well. As uh, we're all we're all thinking of you guys. All right, appreciate it. Have a good one, guys. All right, see you, Shafe. Mike Schaefer, Husker, twenty four seven Sports. Um, yeah, he's about to be very busy. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and we're going to talk to Brandon Vogel. I remember when uh, they went through it uh, not that long ago as well. So, yeah, it's it's always a it's always an exciting time because I always heard about it until you actually experience it. Everybody has their own experiences with it. I mean, you could say, well, yeah, get ready for this and it can be completely different. No, you actually know it can. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it, I the, the one thing that the one constant that I, I know Every it depending on whatever your journey or story is when it comes to uh, first being a father is the sleep. Uh, just uh, understand that uh, you will you, you will get it when you can. You will sleep in spurts. They will be short spurts, but if they're you, napping. We should. Nap. Yep, exactly. Quick, take, take full now. take full advantage. That's what happens. All right, so. Uh, we will get back and update you on everything going on with National Signing Day. Again, coming up at 945 before we get out of here, we're going to be talking to Brandon Vogel of Counter Reed. It is National Signing Day, and uh, we got a lot to still discuss with Nebraska Hoops tonight taking on Northwestern. And again, when it comes to Creighton and Nebraska, what do you need to see on this 7th day of February to give you hope that both teams can fulfill they're very different expectations when it comes to this season. We'll get into that and more at 1620 The Zone.